For many, summertime is often associated with family vacations, sunny days, and the opportunity to be carefree. For students, summer is the time to make new friends at summer camp and earn money by working through a summer program. But due to the global pandemic, which started in 2020, the debate over extending the school year due to so much learning loss versus summer break has definitely sparked conversations. In this episode of Intentional Instruction, I'll discuss the pros and cons of each. This episode is titled, Summer Break Post-Pandemic. Stay tuned. Welcome to Intentional Instruction, a place where we are educating with purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Brown. This episode is brought to you by the Intentional Instruction Store, your one-stop shop for all things fabulous, fit, and of course, intentional. The joys of summer. So in the next few days or next couple of weeks, the academic school year will be coming to a close. And in some places, school is already out for students. And there has been much debate about whether students should remain in school or whether they should attend summer school or whether or not students should take a break. You have many on both sides that are uh, debating whether one or the other should happen, and both are discussing why they are for or against. And so I found a few articles that are also under the Intentional Instruction Toolkit this month that kind of highlight some of those pros and cons, the pros and cons of extended learning, as well as the pros and cons for summer break. So when I looked at one article, they were talking about um, the American Rescue Plan. And they were saying that the American Rescue Plan is delivering, and this is something that was signed by, of course, uh, President Biden, but the American Rescue Plan is delivering critical aid to districts and schools across the country as they continue to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. These schools must use at least 20% of their funding to help students make up lost learning. And they have the broad latitude on how to use the funding. So the funding could go towards purchasing more books to help students who need extra help in reading, more math manipulatives and math materials, more uh, science materials that can support our students in science. And so they can't get those things if students are not in school. And so, again, you have many who are giving their reason for why students need extended learning. Um, There's also an article that I found that is by a Bloomberg columnist, Andreas Kluth, who points out studies from the U.S. that show, on average, students started the current academic year having learned only 67% of math and 87% of the reading skills that are typically expected. 
and in schools with mostly non-white students, the percentages were 59% in math and 77% in reading. And those are last fall's numbers after only half a year of online learning. So, of course, we know when we talk about uh, the pandemic and school closures, we know that our students that typically will suffer the most are our students that are representative of the black and brown communities, which is so unfortunate because our students are capable of achieving so much, but then they have so many other circumstances that go on around their lives that they just simply, nobody, they have no control of and neither do we as educators. So it is so important that we do all we can to make sure that we are giving those students a quality education when they are in our care. Um, one of the things that I also found interesting was that a more sobering trend that is happening is the pace of summer learning loss. The pace, how quickly students are rapidly losing so much, which was calculated estimating the ratio of summer loss to school year gains for each grade. Now listen to this. In the summer following third grade, students lose nearly 20% of their school year gains in reading. 20% and 27% of their school year gains in math. So they're losing those things. By the summer, after seventh grade, students lose on average 36% of their school year gains in reading and a whopping 50% school year gains in math. In other words, summer learning loss increases with age. Now, there, of course, there's much to debate about that because you can't always pinpoint that the reason that students learn or that they lose so much is based on uh, learning loss over the summer because it could be many things that happen even throughout the school year that could be the reason why learning loss takes place. So it can't just be something that is just pinpointed to uh, summer. But these are some of the things that were found, that was found in some of the articles that I was reading through. Um, also, um, what was found was that summer learning loss increases with age through elementary and middle school, a troubling trend that should be examined further. Like why are students, the further they go up grades, why are they consistently losing so much of their learning? Quite interesting. There was also an article that was by uh, McKinsey and Company in 2020. Their report outlined that while the average learning loss during COVID-19, the distance learning environment is seven months. They said that black students may fall behind 10.3 months. Hispanic students by 9.2 months and low-income students by more than a year. This could also lead to an increase in dropout rates. So the further students go up their grades, the more the gap widens and the learning loss is there. At least that is what is being reported by uh, McKinsey and company. Those are some of the pros of why why there is a need for students to be in school. Now, of course, you know, there is always the other side of it. Now, these are the reasons why there are cons with extended learning, why people are against extended learning. A lot of people feel that 
the summer program, it's more relaxed and it really is. It's much more summer school is much more relaxed than the structure of the regular school day during the school year. And a lot of times students, they can attend or they choose not to attend. Now, some school districts, they do have a policy where if students miss miss more than three days, then they are dropped from the program. Um, And then some are not. Some of them don't have a specific guideline in terms of uh, attendance when students can drop. And so because of the, the program being so lenient in some places, students just simply decide not to attend. Another thing is that students choose not to attend if they don't like the program or if their family doesn't, they don't like the summer school. Those are some of the reasons why people feel that sometimes the summer school program is just not effective. Um, And then another thing they talk about again is the attendance issue that students uh, sometimes don't attend because of transportation issues or, you know, the parent may be working and the child might be an older sibling and they need to stay home and take care of the younger sibling. And so they simply don't attend because, again, summer school is not something that is as structured as the regular school year and school day. And so those are some of those pros and cons when we think about extended learning. But then when we think about summer break, because for me, I'm on the fence with both. You know, I see the need of students being in school um, and needing to continue to learn and to expand their thinking and learning in terms of reading and math and writing and science and social studies and all of those content areas. But then I also see the need for students having to have an opportunity to take a break. And so when you look at those people who are debating why they are for summer break, some of the things that they pointed out was that summer break allows for students to have creativity and choice. So they get a chance to just take a break and then tap into their creative side. Um, Also, By being on a break, it just releases so much stress and so much depression that students go through. Sometimes school can just be hard for kids, just, you know, having to get up at a certain time every day at the same time, that same routine every day of school. Sometimes they just need a break, um, especially when, you know, students are are faced with bullying, whether it's uh, face-to-face bullying from another classmate or cyberbullying, they need a break from those things. And they also just need to be able to step away from that computer screen. Just close that computer and just get outside and just enjoy and let it be at their own, you know, their own leisure, their own time to just relax and enjoy. And just simply put students and parents and teachers and all stakeholders, they're exhausted. This has been a very long school year for all of us. And so some of those people who argue why they are for summer break, those are some of the things that they list. Now, of course, you know, again, there's the flip side of it. And so some of the cons for why summer break is not necessary, it's really based on what I read earlier when I was talking about those statistics in terms of how much learning loss students uh, face when they are not in school. And again, we can't just always pinpoint that to uh, being attributed to summer break because there are so many other factors that are in place with that, but that's one of them. Um, and then also thinking about this, not everyone has access to high quality enrichment programs. It just depends on the community. If you're in a community 
where there's lots of resources available, then, then of course, you can simply enjoy your summer break. You can go camping. You know, there are all of these opportunities that are available for you. But if you don't have that type of high quality enrichment program, then it's just not going to be effective anyway. And so that's something that is not helpful for children, especially when we're talking about students from communities that don't have the same resources as others do. However, there is a common ground because, again, there's a pro and pros and cons. There's good and bad on both sides, but there is a common ground that can be reached. Um, and if you head over to my blog, under this month's Intentional Toolkit, you'll see where I share the link to the Georgia Statewide After School Network, which is also known as GSAN. And they offer a variety of activities that students can participate in. And the great thing about it is that the ages range from five to 18 years of age. So there's something for students of all ages. So just head on over to my blog and check that out. Whew. So that was quite a bit of information that I wanted to share with you, but I felt it was very important that I gave parents the information that is necessary so that you can think about that when you're thinking about whether you want to enroll your child in summer school or whether you simply want your child to take a break. And if they're taking a break, just keep in mind there are resources and there are ways that you can connect um, homeschool activities for your child where they can still be learning but enjoying their summer as well. So again, check out my blog this month and read some of the articles that I have listed under this month's post. I think you'll find them very useful. So in closing, summer school is just one piece of the puzzle. There are other things that educators and stakeholders can consider when discussing ways to close an already widening achievement gap. Many of those ideas have to take shape over the course of a few years, not just during a summer break. But as we inch closer to summer, it's important that we all take some time to take, to take a break away from technology and get outside to enjoy the sunshine, even if it is for just a short period of time. As you welcome the opportunity to experience the summer break post-pandemic, it's important that you remember to dance like nobody's watching, laugh from the depths of your soul, and always remember to count your blessings and never your worries. This is Dr. Brown from Intentional Instruction signing out. But until next time, go out there and be great. Great.